0: Welcome to Everything Dog Training with me, John McGuigan. Our goal is to bring you information on dog training methods which work and are kind, cutting through the myth and the folklore to help you have a better behaved, happier, emotionally healthier dog who is a joy to be around. Well, great news today, uh, Petco, that's one of the big, I think it's the big um, chain pet stores in the US has just uh, banned the use of human-operated electronic training devices, so that's e-collars or shock collars. Petco Petco are no longer selling those, which is fantastic news for uh, dogs and for dog owners. And uh, well done to everybody that's campaigned in order to get that to happen. Um, I've seen a couple of comments on social media today saying that it's the human operated part which means that the invisible fences um, the electronic invisible fences uh, are still being sold okay now um, in times like this um, we've got uh, we can see what we've not achieved okay but let's take a moment and celebrate what has been achieved there okay Rome wasn't built in a day. We chip away at these things, okay? We take our wins when we get them, and then we work on it in the next one. So just don't let, what's it? Don't let um, good be the enemy. Sorry, don't let perfect be the enemy of good, I think. And I'm hideously butchering that quote, okay? Um, so yes, it's not perfect, but it's truly excellent news. So well done, everybody that's uh, involved in that. Hi everyone thanks again for joining me and for giving up your valuable time to listen to me I uh, really really appreciate it uh, I hope you're all safe um we are uh, going into the winter and covid restrictions are some coming to starting to come back in in some countries and a little bit uh, stricter than they have been over the summer so I hope that you're all staying sane and finding um finding your feet actually um, and uh and getting on with life as best as we can. This is temporary, this is temporary. Uh, And I know that it doesn't feel it just now, uh, but we are living through an historical moment just now. And 10, 15, 20, 30, 40, 50 years, if some of us live that long time, um, we will uh, talk about what we did during this pandemic of 2020 and probably into 20, sorry, definitely into 2021 and hopefully not beyond if we get a vaccine next year so I do hope you're well. Um, one of the things that I have found, um, the uh, I've talked about in my last podcast about some of the influences I've had um, and Robert Green and Ryan Holiday who are two of the authors that I read and um, talk about a time and dead time and uh, we've got dead time would be sitting watching the television okay and a lifetime is then doing productive work and it's balancing those things so sometimes we do need dead time we need time to just sit and rest and chill um Brene Brown in her podcast Unlocking Us talks about her process of writing and she tells a really um cool story of her husband taking the kids away when they're younger and uh for a whole weekend to allow her to write a, a new book and she spends the whole weekend watching um law and order back to back uh, and they come back in and they have a fairly heated discussion about things um, and that's on the, the Monday evening uh, but by the Thursday I think is the Thursday or Friday her book is written so she has needed that time of uh, being alone and watching that um, kind of entertaining show which is not really adding much to her life in order to process what she's going to write in her book okay. So as long as we're using our time productively, then um, it's not for me to say. <laughs> you can do what you like, all right? Um But uh, if we, if we are using ourselves productively, we don't come out of it at the end of it and go like, "What the hell happened there?" You know, did I just lose ten weeks of my life? Um, and hopefully, we won't get fully locked down again. And I know things are different in different countries. So two reflections. First, before we move into the um, the bulk of today's uh, podcast. Which is talking about positive reinforcement. Um, I have just finished, uh, just been out a walk with Logan, so it is about quarter to six here in the evening. Took him out, and uh, the streets were were relatively busy with people coming home. So uh, walked up through my neighbourhood, and he was um, he, he was on. Okay, so his arousal level was up. Um, I could tell by how much he was, um, m- how he was moving on the lead. Um, versus how he moves when he's relaxed okay uh, and um, the amount of sniffing that he was doing so he was kind of racing through the environment so there's a little uh, shop um, just a, about 100 uh, meters up the road from me we walked up there um, and uh, he started getting more aroused uh, and then he turned around and looked at me um, and that's uh, him asking for his kong so Previously, I've recognised um, that he has needed the Kong as a soother, and that's something that we do regularly. But this time, he actually asked for it. Okay, so which is a really glorious moment. Um, he has recognised, and again, how much of this is is we don't know because I don't know what's going on in his head. Um, but clearly, he needed help. Turned around and asked for help. I gave him the Kong as a soother, and that settled him a little bit. And he went back to sniffing, and we had a, a, a nicer walk after he had his Kong. That comes from me knowing my dog well. Okay, so spending that time observing him and really studying what he's doing and thinking about his needs in any given moment. Okay, so that's the, the, the first example. The second one was, um, which follows on really nicely from that, it's a, a young uh, a border collie who's about two or three years old that I'm working with just now. And he is um, spooky with noises. Okay, so he gets spooked really easily. Uh, and the the fella who owns him um, lives in a ground floor flat uh, or apartment um, on the on the ground floor. So that's floor one. That's the first floor, isn't it? In the US, which I never understood. I don't I don't understand that. <laughs> right. It's not the first floor. You up a first flight of stairs. Just differences in cultures. Anyway, so he's on a ground floor flat, and um, we did some work. Last week, with um, Buddy controlling the noise um, of, uh, of him making those noises, so we, we set up a procedure that he could actively make those noises, and uh, that was good, okay? And worked on how to deal with unexpected noises, um, and that has settled him over the last week or so since we've worked together. So we now out for a walk with him because he gets um, spooked and heard cars walking uh, driving by. Um, so we went round the block, and then we asked him if he wanted to go around again, and he clearly, clearly told us that he wanted to go back towards the flat. So he moved back towards the, the, um, the flat, the apartment building, and then sat down. Okay, so he's not been stubborn, um, he's not been belligerent, uh, or any of these naughty, okay, any of these um, disobedient, all these uh, other labels that we talked about in one of the previous episodes. He's clearly telling us what he had a need there. So I, we, we we asked him. OK, so um, put some food down at his feet um, and then put some, uh, the owner put some food down at his feet and invited Buddy if he wanted it. So at first he took it and then um, the fella stood a, two, a few steps away from him. And we did that three or four times before Buddy then turned around and says, no, I, I don't want to come. I don't want to move any further away. And he's, do, he's able to do that through his actions I don't want to do that. Okay. And as soon as we took half a step back towards the, the, the front door of the building, um Buddy picked up his pace and walked back in again. Okay, so that's a really clear communicate, clear and open communication with your dog. Okay. Um now we'll talk in other episodes about when you actually need to get your dog to do stuff, okay? But that, that's not the, the purpose of this just now. This isn't a free-for-all, okay. There's sometimes that I have to tell my dog. Um, this is happening and we are going to do it and you have no choice um, but those instances should be rare so we go back into the house and uh, or back into the flat uh, and um he was uh, we started to do a little bit of work and uh, I asked um the, the, the client um does he ordinarily when you bring out the training equipment what will he ordinarily do and he said he will ordinarily get up and join me and be ready to move okay and he didn't this day. So again, that's another clear indication of uh, him not wanting to participate in that moment. And in order for a good life um, for our dogs, we we can, if it's in our um, power, to listen to those in those moments, then we do. Okay, so just some things for you to think about there. Okay, so we're looking at uh, positive reinforcement today. There's a great animal trainer called Bob Bailey, and Bob and his wife uh, have... been at, Bob's in his eighties now and, and he's um him and his company and then his his wife and his wife's um uh husband before um he died uh, had uh, a, a company which trained animals for Uh, film and television as well as for other things and they use positive reinforcement to do it so bob tells uh has a great um, expression saying dog or animal training is simple but not easy okay and that's it's a really lovely expression uh, to think about with this okay so what is positive reinforcement positive reinforcement training is uh, or sorry positive reinforcement is a scientific definition okay anytime that we we start putting um, we, we use scientific definitions or scientific terms in uh, layman's terms or in lay language uh, amongst the general population it tends to lose its uh, li- it tends to use its meaning okay so I think I've mentioned before uh, in this podcast the word normal okay so statistically normal that's a, a term in statistics when we're talking about the collation and interpretation of data Okay, but that word "normal" when we talk about it from a statistical point of view um, is different from the word "normal" when we use it in uh, normal life. Okay, Um, all right, and I didn't set that one up there. Okay, Um, so positive reinforcement is another one of these terms. All right, now the the positive reinforcement uh, reinforcement means to make something stronger. Okay, so when we reinforce a behaviour, and its behaviours were reinforced, were not uh, with, with. positive reinforcement training and with training it's the behaviors that we're making stronger or we're removing or we're extinguishing okay the behavior itself not the learner okay it's a really clear um, really um we have to make that that definition and when you get a, a decent grasp of this stuff it, it means that we can then start looking at it um in some aspects fairly clinically when we need to Okay, so we're looking at making behaviour stronger. We're reinforcing a behaviour, and that behaviour gets more intense, um, happens more often, happens faster, uh, and uh, with greater duration. Okay, um, so th- th- it becomes more fluent. Okay, and then the positive aspect of it is that we're adding something. So, something is added after the behaviour, which makes that behaviour more likely in the future. Okay, so all think of all these things that we're constantly paying in to the bank in order to see if we'll get those behaviors again in the future. Okay, so Logan is now, you can possibly hear him just um, breathing (laughs) and having a little bit of a a grumble. He's lying on my bed just now. Okay, so he prefers to lie on on the bed because my mattress is clearly more comfortable than his mattress. Okay. So he has been previously reinforced with the comfort of lying on my bed. Okay. So the behavior of lying on my bed has been reinforced with that comfort. Okay. All right. So the positive part of positive reinforcement doesn't mean something good. It doesn't mean a positive mental attitude or um, a positive disposition. It just means adding something like positive and negative on a graph. Um, in uh, again in statistics for example or when we're talking about electronics or chemistry the flow of electrons okay so electrons leaving something is negative okay like a battery it's leaving the negative um uh, terminal terminal yep and uh, flowing towards the positive terminal. Okay, so it's positive and negative. And you look at a battery and it's plus and minus. Okay, so positive and negative ends of a battery. But we never think of a battery as being, having a good end and a bad end. Okay, so that's not what it means. Now, unfortunately, positive reinforcement training is good. And that then muddies the waters slightly. And I mean, when I say positive reinforcement training, unfortunately, it is good. Unfortunately, the term positive reinforcement is good. Okay, rather than positive reinforcement, unfortunately, being good. Okay, so um, it just means that we're adding something after an event, okay, after a behavior that makes that behavior more likely in the future. Okay, and negative reinforcement is not bad in and of itself, it just means removing something to make something um, more likely in the future. So if you come in from, uh, you've been out on the hills all day, okay, as you're out walking, big hike, big hill walking, and you come in and your feet are throbbing okay and you take your boots off and your socks off and the relief that you feel from that okay that's in your behavior of taking your boots off has if that happens the next time and you're itching to get those boots off that is and that's your behavior has been negatively reinforced okay because you're removing the boots and you're getting the relief okay of getting your feet back and and letting them breathe again and letting them relax, okay? But we're not going to talk about negative reinforcement today. We're only going to talk about positive reinforcement. Okay, so dog examples. Um, Examples of uh, positive reinforcement for your dog. Your dog comes back to you and you give him a treat. You pet him, you say hi to him, and you give him a big game. That behavior of running back to you has been positively reinforced. If your dog seeks to play with other dogs and then runs and plays with the other dog, and that behavior of running and seeking and playing with other dogs happens more often, then the behavior, those play behaviors have been reinforced by the play itself, okay? Because the dog is enjoying that, all right? And If you bring out your dog's bowl or you open the cupboard where your dog's treats are and the dog, your dog runs in towards you, then um, that behavior uh, has been previously reinforced. Okay, and it's reinforced by food usually. So ways that we can reinforce um, behavior is using uh, positively reinforced behaviors is we can add toys or play, we can add food, we can ask physical affection, add physical affection, or we can add other things that the dog enjoys, such as moving forward with the walk, sniffing, getting to greet people and getting to greet other dogs. okay. All right. So no matter if you look at your dog um, from whatever you're looking at your dog doing, okay, um, or your, your your spouse or your child, if they're repeating a behavior, that behavior has been reinforced in the future. Sorry, in the past. That behavior has been reinforced in the past. So problem behaviors such as barking, okay, um, or jumping up have been previously reinforced. Okay. So it's up to us to identify what has reinforced them in in the past. Okay. And whatever the behavior has, ha- is, is happening. If it's happening again and happening repeatedly, it has been reinforced. It has a strong reinforcement history. Okay. So human examples, think of something that you do just for the joy of doing it, listening to music, listening to my, um, sultry voice on this podcast, uh, my exquisite Scottish accent, these are jokes, by the way, okay, Um, so if you're listening to this and you have listened to this previously, okay, then I have, sorry, this podcast, listening to this podcast has previously reinforced your behaviour of listening to this podcast, okay? If you are listening to this for the first time and you hate the sound of my voice, which is perfectly um, natural and um, (laughs) normal, then your behavior has not been reinforced, okay, if you don't listen to it again, okay, so if you don't want to listen to it again, okay, so listening to something, doing something that you enjoy, listening to music, going for a walk, okay, Um, exercising at the gym sometimes, um, doing a sport that you like or an activity you like, so say that you do, you play chess, um, you, you play darts or pool or um, you you, you game online okay anything like that um that that behavior is positively reinforced and social media is is a huge one as well okay um because your behavior of of going on to facebook or instagram or twitter or scrolling through youtube um for endless amounts of time that behavior has been previously reinforced and the social media companies know this okay and they play about with those schedules of reinforcement in order to keep you coming back now from a biochemical or a neurotransmitter point of view or hormone it's not my area of expertise okay but you're getting dopamine every time that you any time a behavior has been reinforced um you get a dopamine hit okay so every time that you click on uh, facebook and you see somebody has liked your post or has commented on your post that's a small hit of dopamine If your dog runs back to you, and when you run back, you throw a party for the dog, you know, so you'll you'll have a big game of tug and you'll, uh, you know, give them some food and treats, then that's it, there's a dopamine response there. Okay, so we can, um, we can play about with that if we we do it properly. Okay, so those are human examples. Uh, Working. Okay, working us going to work is a really interesting example because it's probably on a negative and a positive reinforcement schedule. And for most of us, unfortunately, it's on a negative reinforcement schedule. So we work in order to relieve the stress of not being able to pay our bills and the relieve the debt that we're in, and whether that's a mortgage debt or a loan or a car loan. Okay. So very often with us working, we are working in order to relieve that stress. Not working in order to enjoy the money that um, we're, we're earning. Okay, if you've got all the money in the world and you're in a really good and fortunate position that you're earning lots of money, and the money that allows you to do good things, you're probably you will. I could probably say with certainty that you're now being positively reinforced for going to work. Okay, um, and then again, if we look at it, if you won the lottery tomorrow, if you won the lottery tomorrow. Um, would you go back to work? Okay, would you go back to work next week when that money's in your bank? Okay, and that's a good example, a good indicator of whether you're on a positive or negative reinforcement schedule, okay? All right, so just moving on from that. Okay, so questions that come up is they always need to carry treats, okay? So people get caught up on this quite often and they always have to carry treats. Now, I would say in the early stages, yes, okay, we do always need to carry treats, because we want a dog getting addicted to those behaviours, okay, so same as with your raising a child, every time your child says, um, please, well done, son, okay, well done, sweetheart, you said, please, that's really cool, okay, so you have acknowledged that they have said, please, with your praise, okay, and that praise then becomes uh that that becomes the reinforcer, okay? Now, if you look at it, if, if you're listening to this and you, well, every one of us was a child, okay? And if you have good manners and you're saying please and thank you, if people do every time, if every time you say please now, do people say to you, well done, well done for saying please, that's fantastic, okay? No, they don't, all right? Because you've learned that that is the norm, okay? That's just what's expected, okay? And you just build that into your behavioral repertoire, okay? So they always need to carry treats. No, but if we want a behavior to keep it happening, we do need to keep reinforcing it, okay? So as I mentioned at the top of the, the this episode with Logan, Logan's biggest reinforcer outside is his Kong, okay? I can get him to do, a, a motivate him, sorry, to do a ton of behavior using that Kong. And if I bring out a steak, and I've got steak in one hand and a Kong in the other, um, I can slap him on the face, Not that I would, because he's my dog and I love him, okay? But I could slap him in the face with the stake. Now, he might take it, but as soon as that call moves, the likelihood is that he'll spit it out or not even take it in the first place, okay? Um, Now, the dog decides or the learner decides what is reinforcing, not us, okay? So think about an activity that you really like to do, okay? So for some of us, some of you, not me, okay, maybe going to the football, And some of us, it might be going to the cinema, okay? So my brothers really like the football, um, and I don't. I have never, never liked football, okay, or soccer. Um, Football, because you play with your feet, okay? American football is played with your hands. Um, And again, another thing culturally, I don't understand that. Why is American football called football? Because there's not so much kicking, it's mainly carrying and running like rugby. But soccer, which is actually football, is played with the feet. And if you pick it up, you get penalized because the game's called football okay anyway right moving on so say for talking sake um I had done a good piece of work and somebody gave me two tickets to um the Scottish Cup final okay I would not and literally would not thank you for that well I would thank you because of social norms but you know what I mean I just go uh okay thanks very much but I would probably give them away Okay. Now, say the big new blockbuster comes out, big new summer blockbuster comes out, a new Mission Impossible, Mission Impossible like Sean Connery, right? Mission Impossible film comes out, uh, or the new James Bond film. If somebody gave me two tickets to that, to an empty theater, okay, uh, on a Friday evening, um, and brought in some nice food and, and, and snacks, okay, that's something that I would think was a prize. Okay, and that's something that would actively work to gain. Okay, so you see how, um, now, my, one of my brothers certainly wouldn't thank you for that. Okay, and um, he'd be like, yeah, okay, he'd probably give me the tickets for that. Okay, so um, the learner gets to decide what's reinforcing. So just as I was saying with Logan, um, he finds a ball reinforcing um, or a toy rubber toy much more reinforcing than food, whereas other dogs do not. Okay. All right, so this is one of the other questions that comes up Is I've tried the positive reinforcement thing or I've tried the treat thing, okay? So there's so much wrong with that anyway when I hear people saying that. Um, now, there's two things that are going on there. They're confusing given treats with positive reinforcement, okay? Yes, we can use treats as positive reinforcement, but but just because our dog is eaten doesn't mean that a behavior is being reinforced, okay? and positive reinforcement, as we talked about earlier, has a scientific definition, okay? So if you've tried positive reinforcement and it's not worked, that's not positive reinforcement, okay? Because positive reinforcement, by definition, has to work. It has to make a behavior stronger. And if it's not making a behavior stronger, You are giving something after the behavior, but it is not reinforcing the behavior. So it's not positive reinforcement, okay? So saying something like uh, positive reinforcement doesn't work uh, is exactly exactly the same as saying that gravity doesn't work, okay? Or thermodynamics don't work, or the the, the, um, the chemistry of an internal combustion engine doesn't work, okay? It's not that that's not working. It's something else, okay? All right. Now, that's a different um, set of circumstances than if your dog is so stressed, anxious, or some other emotional state outside that they can't take food, okay? That's, that's completely different from that, okay? So, and we're not going to, we we certainly shouldn't confuse them, okay? Because confusing them, those those terms gets in the way and confuses what we're doing. Okay. Next question that comes up is, do I always need to, to carry treats? Oh, no, I've done that one, haven't I? Yep. Do I always need to carry treats? Okay. We always need to reinforce that behavior, but we can use a variety of reinforcement. Okay. So uh, lastly, just before we move on in that, there's a really glorious uh, golden retriever that I see in the park. So the gentleman that owns the dog um, is in his... Uh, late 60s probably or early 70s and he's got this magna- magnificent uh, boy dog and the fella strides out through the park and a dog just enjoys being outside and being with him because he constantly catches him up now this is one of the good things that with uh with dogs is that um we have bred them and lived with them for 10,000 years that we have selected those genes which lend themselves to behaviors okay that being with us is positively reinforcing okay the dogs just enjoy being with us okay um and but we we shouldn't and shouldn't and mustn't take that for granted okay so if you've got a problem with your dog your young dog usually it's a young dog an adolescent dog running off and not coming back to us okay our reinforcements not good enough okay or not strong enough or the history isn't strong enough okay Okay, now we've got what happens if you don't have a treat, okay? Now, uh, and the other question from that that comes up is um, how does a treat uh, compete with a squirrel, okay? And again, these are, these, these are comments and questions that come up from people that generally don't have a, a sound enough knowledge of positive reinforcement training, okay? So when I first got Logan four years ago, he was fascinated and still is fascinated by other dogs, okay, but a built-up and these numbers are not exaggerated, okay? Thousands and thousands of times that I have paired me saying, are you ready with the Kong, okay? Are you ready through the Kong? Are you ready through the Kong? And I do this over and over and over again. So when I now say, are you ready? His head whips round towards me, okay? So that's the behavior of disengaging from the dog or the person and re-engaging with me. And for that, he gets the Kong, okay? And I've paired that over and over and over again. So just by doing that, okay, um, a few weeks ago I was at the park and uh, up at the top of the hill in one of the parks that I use, big wooded area, it's squirrel season because it's the autumn and the chestnuts are out. Young dog, about five months old, walked down the path on one side. I moved Logan over to the other. I asked him if he was ready. I brought out the Kong and he sat and looked at me. He glanced at the dog from one side, the dog was walking on one side, and a squirrel ran out about six feet away from us and ran up a tree and he glanced at the squirrel. So he knew the squirrel was there. I saw that he had seen it, okay, and he stayed with me. And he stayed with me because through hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of repetitions, okay, thousands of repetitions, I have taught him, if he is with me, when I ask him, he will get that Kong. So it's a contract that I've built with him, okay. So that's how we compete with a squirrel one of the ways that we compete with a squirrel. And the other ways that we compete with a squirrel is we teach dogs to hunt squirrels. And I've done this very successfully, very often, okay? So we look at um, hunting dogs, so like a pointer or a hound, okay, and some terriers. Um, We can use the hunting of squirrels to reinforce the behaviors of staying with us, okay? And we can join them on the hunt, okay? So we can give them an opportunity to hunt, Uh, And the way that I do this, I'll do this safely. The dog never gets to catch the squirrel. Okay. It's basically the hunting part because that's exciting. Okay. Because we're building all that up. Okay. This is just really, really, really cool. Ah, we didn't get it that time. Okay. But we enjoyed the process of hunting the squirrel. Okay. (coughs) And again, Lots in that, okay? So this is just to give you a flavor of stuff that if you study your trade well and work hard at it, understand your dog and understand your dog's needs, we can do almost everything without correction, okay? Without saying no, without um, being harsh to our dog and without using uh, aversive training techniques and tools, okay? Such as shouting your dogs um, up to using an electric collar and everything in between. And I may or may not talk about this in future episodes. Okay. All right. Now, what we've also got is um, when dogs are hungry or tired. Okay. So if your dog is hungry, uh, then... We are, again, as I was saying earlier on with the example that we used of the human example of working and the relief from the debt or the stress of not paying the bills being the reinforcer. With a dog that is kept in a state of hunger, the food is now potentially a negative reinforcer because we're relieving that hunger rather than giving the dog a treat that they like. Okay, So we're always moving away from something and towards something. Okay, So we look at Example of that is when you're on a hot sunny day. For those of you that don't live in Scotland, um, you can tell me, you can email me what that feels like. Okay, (laughs) right on a hot sunny day, our hot sunny days are 17 degrees here. Okay, Um, and everybody's out sunbathing, and I mean walking down the streets in their shorts and their pasty blue um, skin out. Um, Okay, so in a hot sunny day, if it's over 30 degrees, say 35 degrees. If I go into a cool room from the hot sun, am I seeking the coolness or am I escaping the heat? And the answer is both. Okay, all right. So again, it's uh, these are um, complex uh, things which we are trying our best to use language to describe. So one of the things that I've uh, the kind of a bugbear of mine is that when we, we people don't understand that these are things that are that are happening in nature and we are using language to describe them whether it's um neuroscience biochemistry chemistry immunology and so on okay down to um the the rules of behavior okay um and it they're not pigeonholed because that's not how nature works okay all right okay so is the dog hungry? So if the dog is so hungry that the dog is champing at the bit, okay, or, or, or biting the hand off you to get food because they're so hungry, we're using negative reinforcement there, okay? And then that adds stress as well, with the, um, which we'll talk about in future, okay? If a dog is so tired that they now don't lunge and bark at another dog and we run them till they're tired, we're not using positive reinforcement training, even if we give the dog a treat there, okay? All right. So we need to look at um, if that dog is um, tired. So look at, uh, uh, again, going back to the example with Logan. Okay, I there's a the dog run down the, the road from me where I live, and I take him down there and we play. Okay, and there's a variety of games that we play. We play hunting games, searching games. Okay, and then we play um, chasing and, and grabbing the, the tug and uh, chasing and jumping up and grabbing the Kong as I throw it. So he... When we start that game, he has a need to have that Kong, okay? And one of the things, again, listening to my dog and getting to know him, when he needs a break, he will move away from me, turn around in a circle and lie down, okay? And and I can tell how tired he is by how how much he flops down on the ground, okay? So I give him that break. Now, if I brought a Kong out at that point, another one, when he's lying there trying to rest and through it, he would chase it, Okay? but he's chasing it because it's moving and because he kind of has to rather than because he's enjoying it. Okay. Now, moving on from that. Okay. There's a, um, when I was in my twenties, I worked in uh, summer camps in upstate New York with, uh, children and adults with profound learning disabilities okay and this is again one of the things that we actually have to have an adult discussion about okay and people when we discuss working with learning people with learning disabilities and profound learning disabilities and we compare it with working with people with sorry working with animals people tend to get upset or some people tend to get upset all we've got there is learners who learn differently from us. Okay, and if we strip it back to that basics, we can look at it clinically, and we can actually look at it compassionately as well. Okay, so one of the guys um, there, um, he was, um, he had kind of obsessive compulsive behaviours about cleanliness and tidiness. So he had to have the door of the dining room shut. Okay, so one of the rules was when the big man, and he was a big guy. I mean, he was huge. He was like a linebacker from the NFL a big big human um and uh, a big gentle guy as well when he was in a good mood and then if he wasn't in a good mood again because he wasn't getting his, his needs met he didn't have that ability to communicate um what his needs were and then got frustrated and with frustration came aberrant behaviors okay so when the big fella was in the dining room the rule was the door get kept shut okay now unfortunately um one of the things that happened, I worked in the cabin with campers who were in wheelchairs. So we would have to have the door open in order to get the the, the chairs in and out. Okay. So one evening, we had um, brought our campers down the ramp back to the our cabin. And <clears throat> Terry had been out uh, beforehand and was sitting on a deck, two cabins down from me. And somebody had left the door open and he up and sprinted across... <laughs> The, the camp <laughs> this boy could shift all right or this man could shift um raced up and slammed the door shut okay with his counsellor in tow shouting please close the door <laughs> okay and i'm laughing at the humor of it i'm not laughing at terry's uh it was just a it was a there's humor in this stuff okay and i'm not i'm i'm absolutely not being disrespectful okay um now you turn around and say, is Terry enjoying that process? OK, so just because he's doing a behavior and doing it repeatedly doesn't mean that he's enjoying it. It means that there's an obsession there. That he's compelled to do that. OK. All right. So put that aside for a second. OK, so you look at um, some of the things that um, that we have these things that we do, OK, that, that people do. Um turning off, making sure that the, the, the lights and the gas is turned off. Okay. Did I turn the cooker off? Did I turn the oven off? Did I turn all the lights off? Is the door locked? Okay. Did I do this? Did I do that? Okay. Now the person there, that that's there's some sort of mild psychosis, maybe. I don't know. Something, something slightly that's not those behaviors are not okay. Okay. And I bet the person would prefer not to be able to do them. But when we get these things kicking in, we get anxiety and all these things that they kick in and they they lead to these problems, okay? So the person, if you turn around and say to them, would you enjoy doing, do you actually enjoy going around and and checking all your windows are locked six times before you go to bed and checking 12 times if your front door's locked, okay? They would say, absolutely not. So just because we do a behavior doesn't mean we're enjoying it, okay? And just because we do it repeatedly doesn't mean we're enjoying it, Okay. again looking at these things so how that uh, um, applies to dogs okay if we look at um, how a border collie fetches a ball versus how a labrador fetches a ball okay and if we're not doing competitive sports and we're just training them as is if you pick up a ball okay for a labrador and throw it that dog will pick that up and bring it back to you a border collie is likely to do the same but what I'd like you to do is, if you see dogs off lead at the park, start watching what happens beforehand, okay? The border collie is likely, very likely, to run out far so that the ball lands between you and them, okay? And that's where a border collie wants sheep, okay? So for the, the border collie, the ball represents sheep, and they want to control the movement of the sheep and keep it between the two of you, okay? Okay? So what you'll also see in very often real border collie and herding dog behaviours is they will spit the ball out of you and push it towards your feet, okay? All right, um, and stare at the ball, okay? So they're looking staring at the ball, uh, and again, they're trying to control the movement of that ball, okay? Now, look at that compared to the play style of a Labrador fetching a ball. Pick up a ball, throw it, the dog will chase it, okay and bring it back to you and if we pick the ball up again the dog is likely the Labrador is likely to hang about okay and wait for you to throw that ball so that you can chase and retrieve it because for a labrador the ball re- represents a bird okay so pheasant partridge okay duck all right so it's a, a game bird that the dog is that the, the ball represents okay and also look at when you pick up that ball, if the Labrador looks at you or looks at the ball, all right? Because a lot of the time, the Labrador will be going, throw it, throw it, throw it so I can catch it, throw it so I can go and catch it and bring it back, okay? There's a great line from the movie Up, uh, the Disney Pixar film, and Ian Dunbar, uh, had he did the, um, the canine consultation for that, and there's a great line in it when Doug, the retriever, says... Throw the ball and I will bring it, I will go and fetch it and bring it back so that you can throw it again. Okay. So the Labrador or retrievers tend to enjoy actually running and retrieving it. Whereas a border collie, although does it, we have to ask the question: is he enjoying that ball constantly flying over his head, or would he prefer a different game? Okay. Again with Logan playing with the um, so he's a, a bulldog. He likes just to jump up and torpedo that ball. Okay, and he gets the pleasure from holding the ball in his mouth and jumping and catching it, okay? All right, so again, looking at what your dog enjoys, okay? Because if they enjoy it, it's positive reinforcement. If you're seeing that they're not enjoying it, but they continue to do the behavior, the likelihood is it's negative reinforcement, all right? So find out what your dog likes and use that to reinforce behaviors, okay? So, and again, this is not um, always. It's uh, some things that we like. We like sometimes, and some things that we like. We don't like sometimes. Okay. So if you look at it with a yeah, child, children sports day falls and um, hurts themselves. Okay. And mum or dad runs over and gushes all over them. Oh, my baby, my baby. Okay, in front of all their pals when they're 10 years old. What an embarrassment. Okay. So they might just turn around and like, you okay, pal? All right, do you need some help? Yeah, I'm fine, dad. I'm fine, mum, Up again. Okay. Um, and they, and they kind of soldier on. All right. Um, or they might go, yeah, it's fine. But as kind of, as a parent, kind of gushing all over the top of them and being all coochie-coo is not reinforcing for that child. However... In the privacy of your own home, if that if your ten year old is upset, they might want a cuddle and reassurance. Okay, so that's a human example of that. Now with dogs, um, Logan is lying sleeping on the bed. If I go up and lay next to him just now and uh, started reading my book, um, the likelihood is that he will lean in against me. Okay, he'll lean in against me, and we'll have that contact. And I'll put he'll you know put his uh, his chin on my chest or on my stomach, and I'll sit there petting him while I'm reading. But outside, if I go to touch him when he's playing, get your hands off me, Dad, stop touching me, just throw the ball, okay? And again, looking at this, and these are things I've seen so many times. Um, Our dog comes in, we say, good boy, good girl, we give the dog a a treat, and then we go and touch the dog. Okay? And the dog turns her head and moves away from you. So they'll kind of duck under your, your hand, or they will literally move back from you, okay? So that touch there is probably, sorry, I would say is definitely not reinforcing and is probably punishing, okay? Dogs, like, don't touch me just now. I don't like doing that just now. Can you can you please not, okay? All right, so again, looking at all these things. So if your dog has done a spectacular recall away from other dogs, okay, and we give the dog three, four, five treats and then going to touch them, we are now saying to the dog, I'm going to give you things that you like and don't like when you come back here, okay? And that muddies the waters, when we want to be thinking about just giving the dog something that we do like, that that they do like rather. Okay. All right. And then lastly, um, how we deliver that treat and with thought. Okay. So if I, um, so say you're, you're sitting at home. Okay. And, uh, imagine the, the best meal that you can have okay so you're going to um, tell me what's the best meal what's your favorite meal okay so think of what that is okay and i'm going to get the um, a world-class chef gordon ramsay jamie oliver uh other um chefs from elsewhere than the, the the british isles do exist okay um but they're going to prepare your meal okay you're going to tell me what music you like And what temperature you want the room at, okay, how you like your lighting, okay, what dinner guests that you want, if you want any, and uh, what time of the day. And I provide all that for you. Now think of that versus the exactly the same meal, okay, but it's cold enough that it's unenjoyable, okay, in a cold room, in a freezing cold night. Um, with the wind howling uh, outside, no heating on, and w- with one candle or a bare bulb sitting there, and you're sitting on your own, okay, and compare those two things, okay. So I don't think there's anybody on the planet that would, well, <laughs> who knows, ask this question on Facebook <laughs> and see if they say, <laughs> if they agree with me, okay. Sane people uh, would not argue that the second scenario is more pleasurable than the first okay unless you're a horrible nihilist um so the way that we deliver that food to the dog is um if we get down and deliver that dog that food with care here's one here for you pal oh i've got another one. Oh, check this one i've got another one for you oh and this one's going to move and this one's going to dance okay and i'm going to move away and you're going to get that treat and now chase that one okay and now catch that treat when it's moving okay and Now when I'm petting you, I'm going to slow you down, and I'm bit maybe scratch under your chin if you like that. Okay, while well, you're eating, you see how the how we're giving that food there um, becomes uh, completely it's a completely different um, experience for that dog. And if we bring the if the dog recalls to you outside and you provide that really considered party, whether it's really exciting or really cool and really calm. And your dog likes it, and the way that we know that they like it is if we see those recalls increasing in speed, okay, um, and frequency. Uh, when you ask for them, you get them like that, okay. The dog just bangs those recalls out and races back towards you because they you know mum and dad takes. Oh, they throw a brilliant party when I get back. It's fantastic, okay. So a great episode in parks and recreation, where Ron Swanson, who's the kind of grumpy uh, boss, it's his birthday. And he's dreading it because his um, counterpart, Leslie, who's so enthusiastic and loving life all the time, uh, throws parties for everybody at, at birthdays. And he's dreading it because he's like, I don't want a fuss made. I don't want people to acknowledge my birthday. I just want you to leave me alone. So, what she does is she gets a steak from his favourite restaurant delivered and a bottle of his favourite whiskey and she puts him in a room with his feet. I think it's a magnificent seven <laughs> it's on the television. And that's his birthday present. That's his birthday party. And you see he just welds up as if oh, like you know me, you know? So it's getting to know your dog and getting to understand and know what they like, okay? Very, very, very lastly, just on that, okay? If we deliver that treat in the palm of her hand, our dog can take that treat from the palm of her hand. If we deliver it with pointed fingers, Okay, so our, our pinchy, grabby, monkey, chimp, uh, human fingers holding on to that treat, and the dog is excited and clatters our fingers with their teeth, and then we then start becoming apprehensive and pulling that treat away. We're now going, telling the dog, sorry, a moth just flew uh, towards me there from outside. It's coming in the window. Um, the... Um, we're offering that treat, but we've also taught the dog there's a real possibility that that treat is going to move. So they start grabbing for our hand, okay? And all of these things get in the way of using positive reinforcement well, okay? So going back to that quote from Bob Bailey, simple but not easy, okay? You'd think it's simple to deliver your dog a treat, a, a treat, simple to deliver your dog a piece of sausage that they like, okay? But but there's we can make it's it's not always easy to do that well playing tug with a dog okay um is a skill for us to learn we can use tug and we can use play and in, in order to reinforce those behaviors that we like okay so massive thanks again for listening to me um this evening or this morning it's this evening here while i'm recording it um wherever you are uh oh big ear flap from logan um I hope you're doing well. Please let me know your thoughts on this. Uh, I really, I do enjoy getting your emails uh, about this. Um, if you're, or if you can leave a review for me, or if you're listening to this on iTunes, it's hugely helpful. If you can tell uh, all your dog owning friends, uh, and even parents and, and co-workers, because there's lots of stuff and 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 I'm deliberately using these um, using these podcasts in order to educate about behavior and how we interact with each other overall okay but anybody that you think that might enjoy this please do let them know and share it um you can get in touch with me um but you know it's info at glasgow dot co dot UK. Uh, get me on facebook glasgow dog trainer and behavior consultant i'm on instagram as well uh, and i'm on youtube okay so you can contact me through all these things but email is the best way to get me That's info at glasgodogtrainer.co.uk. All right, love you all guys and I will catch you in the next episode. So massive thanks for listening today. If you're at all interested in learning more about dog training, I have several online courses available. If you go to Online dot com that's glasgow dog trainer online dot t h i n k i f c dot com there's a number of uh, training courses there which are both standalone courses and membership courses the dog training and behavior modification course is 15 pounds per month and for that you get 10 new lessons every month on a rolling contract kind of like netflix if you're interested in that course, if you use the discount code INTRO, I-N-T-R-O 20, intro 20 and 20 is a 2-0, so that's I-N-T-R-O 2 zero. At the checkout, you'll get 20% off so for the first three years.